0: story one the many will sing as one it was a wednesday afternoon swollen clouds in the sky their coalescing mass reminiscent of organic tumorous cysts. poetic i thought to myself morbidly poetic i was there to pick up some note sheets five minutes in and out sometimes though intent and execution merged the result of which resemble neither i always liked pat he was an excellent conductor a true virtuoso really unleashed the potential in our choir Unified our voices to form a single entity of harmony. The many will sing as one, he used to say. I knocked on the door unsuspecting, the hollow echoes converging eerily within. I must have stood there for minutes before cautiously pushing the door open. Pat, I said, Are you there? There was no answer. Pat, I took a step beyond the threshold, eyes and mind combined in the struggle to make sense of my surroundings. It was dark, dusky, murky, but that wasn't it. It was empty. Some would call it Spartan. It's a nice word. Descriptive in its simplicity. But it was more than that. It was like no one had lived there at all. I wandered the first floor, nervously peeking through doorways, always greeted by the same void sensation of nothingness. Pat. I wish I could tell you I heard nothing but echoes. I wish I could tell you that I didn't hear the chilling tune creeping into my ears. But I did. And I followed it. Down the stairs to the basement, legs shuffling to the alluring sound idly gliding past fading doors and crumbling furniture, a conglomeration of rot and decay. Into the room at the end of the hallway, centered in which was a shivering object shrouded by a white sheet, a disharmonious, perfectly imperfect vibration emanating from underneath. With trembling hands I grabbed the sheet, pulling it down in one fell swoop. Aren't they beautiful, Pat's voice called in perfect unison with my anguished shriek. The pale misshapen girls turned to face me, impossible as it may seem, the four of them intermingled at the throat, flesh and tissue and muscle fused together to form a single blasphemous entity. My choir, Pat said, his towering figure now beside me. My daughters. Their lips vibrated in cacophonous discordancy, rising and lowering in pitch, the violent tune of which made my ears bleed and mind unravel. Delicate operation it was, Pat said. Had to be done minutes after birth, to allow the vocal folds to properly bind and consolidate. A sharp pain in my neck as the needle entered. Just listen to them, Pat whispered into my ears. A beautiful crescendo of torment. I fell to the ground, legs and arms unresponsive. But they need guidance, Alicia, he said darkly. Your guidance. Darkness then, as my consciousness slowly faded, the tortious choir and whispering voice of Pat the last thing I remember. Don't worry, Alicia. When you wake up you will forever be a part of something magnificent. The many will sing as one. Story 2. Bedsores. At her age death would have been ruled natural causes if not for the bedsores. That was one of the first things they would have taught him about her care, after feeding and cleaning her. They would have warned of the dangers of leaving her in one position too long the moment they taught him how to tuck the pillows in around her to prevent her from flailing herself into an unsafe position. They would have mentioned the painful wounds that had eventually opened up all along her back, arms, and legs. The possibility of the sepsis that killed her would have been on the tip of their tongue. But bedsores are bedsores and they proved, at the very least, negligent homicide. As the jury filters out of the courtroom after passing their guilty verdict, they ask among themselves one question, widower or not, what sort of father never holds their baby? Story 3. My mom was a fairy. She told me her big secret on the night we ran away from dad. Dad wanted to raise me in the human world by himself, she said, because being with a fairy isn't safe for regular kids. She didn't want him to take her baby away, and if I grew up special like her I'd have a hard time with other humans. So she sprinkled me with fairy dust and flew me away. When I woke up the next day, I was in a different place. Damp, muddy, and almost smaller than me. Mom said less space is okay because fairies can shrink, but I asked her to stay big for me because I like her warm hugs. She smiled and wrapped her arms around me, rocking me back to sleep. I wish it could always be like this, but mom has special rules. Like before people can come into our home, they have to do a secret knock. Otherwise, mom has to hurt them. She doesn't want to, but she really can't help it. Mom's biggest special rule is about salt. One time mom was showing me how to make grass whistles outside when old Mrs. Khan from next door dropped her groceries and the salt spilled everywhere. Mom's face changed and she stopped whistling she just knelt there and started counting each grain mrs Khan tried to help sweep it up but mom said if she interfered we'd all get hurt i cried and shook mom all day but i couldn't break her concentration so i knelt down and counted with her the more i counted the more i understood mom once i started i couldn't stop if i tried to slow down it hurt my head i felt shimmers where my eyes couldn't see yelling and whispering for me to keep counting When we finally finished, it was dark all around us, but mom smiled at me so brightly it didn't matter. We got home and mom cried as she hugged me, because she was so proud that her baby was just like her. Now that I have my own special rules, I really hope I'll be able to make fairy dust like mom. Her fairy dust takes all the pain away. When I scratch myself, mom uses her power and sings to me until I feel better. I dream of pretty little girls with wings, and when I wake up, I'm okay again. Today I got up but mom was still asleep. Fairies need to recharge after using their powers. I think that's why old Mrs. Khan was able to come in without doing mom's secret knock. Mrs. Khan looks at me like she wants to cry and lets in a man I haven't seen before. His eyes look sad but I like his hat. Sweetie, has your mother ever forced you to take any of the angel dust? Angel dust. Silly human. Mom's not an angel, she's a fairy. Story 4. It only takes a touch. I've always been able to tell it just takes a touch even the brush of a sleeve against my skin and I see it the moment of death vivid sounds colors smells tastes the receptionist at work will choke on a cashew my boss will die in a skiing accident mom's Alzheimer's will kill her and dad will commit suicide my brother will die alone in an assisted living facility my best friend will have a stroke while shoveling his driveway. I had to leave my first love because I couldn't stomach seeing what happened to her every time we touched. The blessing of my curse was that it taught me not to sweat the small stuff. It's hard to hold grudges, or get worked up about social media, when you're constantly flooded with the finality of death, whether it's peaceful or traumatic, sudden or brutally drawn out. My PhD supervisor was a jerk, but he didn't deserve to be run over by a bus in front of his kids while on a bike ride. I married Vanessa because the first time we kissed, I saw her laying in bed, old and frail, holding my hand, smiling. I'd never been able to see my own death, so knowing that we had a complete life together, dot she was, literally, the one. Our life was perfect. I treasured every moment that we had because I knew that we were inexorably marching towards a predestined end. I made them count. Until our daughter was born. I almost dropped her when she was handed to me. I saw her, older. Maybe in her twenties. Naked hogtied in a cellar. A rag stuffed in her mouth, mascara running down her face. Shrieking as her flesh bubbled and split. Seeing my face looking down on her, cracked in a demented grin. I almost threw up, and gave her back to my wife, who stared at me in shock and confusion. No, 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 no. This can't be right. I loved this baby girl. I had fallen in love with her immediately. Everything about her, The pink of her skin, the way she cried, her tiny fingers, the curly hair that looked exactly like her grandmother's. But I was never wrong. Well, the visions were never wrong. I tried holding her with a blanket, but the sensation was overwhelming. It was nauseating. Why would I do that? How could I hurt my perfect girl? I got them home, wrote my note, and drove to the office in the middle of the night. I didn't want Vanessa to find me. I couldn't let her see what I had to do. I clutched a photo of my daughter and one of us on our wedding day, and sobbed for hours. Then I put the gun to my head. I wouldn't let myself hurt my baby girl. The moment I pulled the trigger, I saw my twin brother's smiling face in the family portrait on my desk. Story 5. Mr. Midnight. Mr. Midnight was found outside my home one night going through my trash. At first I thought it was a raccoon, I ran out of my house with my 22. It was 12 midnight, when in the corner of my house I saw the eyes of a Shiba Inu. He looked scared, his little body shaking wildly. It's okay boy, I said, offering my hand. The dog slowly walked towards me and sniffed my hand, licking it. I heard his stomach growl, surprisingly loud for a little dog. I walked inside and got some bologna from the fridge. I walked back outside, the dog was on the porch, looking up at me with curious little eyes. I fed him the bologna, watching him eat the whole thing. Once done, he started panting. I couldn't leave him out in the elements, he looked too cute. I thought about it, and I decided to let him stay for the night. I opened the door, and the little dog ran inside, making himself comfortable on the couch. I called him Mr. Midnight because I got him at midnight. It seemed fitting, his fur was pitch black. His eyes were green, bright green. I went to bed, sleeping like a baby. That night I had the worst dream ever. It was so vivid, which made the whole thing worse. My head was getting petted by something large. It wasn't human, but it had human features. Arms, legs, etc. I looked at its face, it had dog fur but it had human eyes and teeth. It was smiling, I think. It had green eyes, bright green eyes. It was covered in dog fur, black fur. I woke up screaming. I was drenched in sweat, hyperventilating. I looked at my phone, the time read 4am. I got up to use the bathroom. As I stepped on the floor, I felt a piece of paper on the floor. I didn't remember leaving that earlier. I turned on the light, picking up the paper. In black Sharpie, the paper said one sentence Thank you for feeding me. I was freaked out. I walked to the living room to watch TV, I was too scared to go back to bed. On the couch, Mr. Midnight was snoring loudly. I sat next to him, gently rubbing his head as he slept. I was dead tired, so I took a nap on the couch. As I slept, I swore I felt something rub my face. Its hand was soft, its fingers were long. When I woke up, another note was on the couch. You snore loud. I got up, going to the kitchen to get some chocolate milk. Mr. Midnight was there, chewing on some old rope. I poured the milk in the glass, as I did Mr. Midnight started whining loudly. He jumped on my legs, whining. What do you want, boy? I asked. Mr. Midnight was scratching at my leg, whining loudly. The glass of my milk was in my hand, sloshing around. Mr. Midnight's eyes watched the milk. You can't have this, you'll die i replied mr midnight kept scratching at my legs whining intensely loud he looked scared an actual tear ran down his eye why do you want chocolate milk i asked finally because i don't want you to die alone damn it mr midnight replied i was taken aback my brother charlie had a talking dog called boston so this wasn't nay to me i always thought boston was the only dog who can talk you're the only person who was nice to me that's why i want to drink the milk with you I want to at least die with you. Mr. Midnight said. Why? I asked, absentmindedly. Because I fucking love you. Mr. Midnight yelled. I was flattered that he'd die for me. I got down on one knee and kissed his head. Mr. Midnight rubbed his head against mine, purring. Humans can eat chocolate, Midnight. Don't worry. I said calmly. I don't think you realize what I'd do for you, sir. You gave me food, a place to stay. For you, I'd kill hundreds. Midnight replied. T, that's okay. I said, nervous. I'm serious. There's not a damn thing on earth strong enough to keep me from you, sir. Not a damn thing. Midnight replied. Okay boy. I muttered. May God have mercy on anyone who keeps you from me, because there will be hell to pay. Midnight said, his voice getting deeper. Easy boy, thank you. I said, rubbing his head. Rip their heads from their fucking bodies, make them beg for their pathetic lives. Make them beg on their knees. Midnight muttered. The lights started turning on and off by themselves. All the appliances were going crazy. What's happening? I asked. Midnight didn't respond. I'd make them pray for forgiveness. Wanna know why? Midnight asked. The lights were getting incredibly bright. Why? I asked. Because I'm a fucking god. Midnight shouted. Electric crackling came from his body. The fluorescent lights broke, raining broken glass down. Mr. Midnight calmed down after that, panting. But hopefully that never happens. Midnight replied chuckling. He fell asleep in my arms. That must have taken a lot of energy out of him. I picked Midnight up and brought him to the couch. He was still sleeping. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are grey. You'll never know how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. I whispered to Midnight, a single tear rolled down his eye. Midnight whined a little. I rubbed his head, my only sunshine. Story 6, Auschwitz Ghost. I am a very skeptic person when it comes to the paranormal. One of those people that thinks there is always some sort of explanation to the unexplained, but I figured I would share one of my paranormal experiences because it is interesting and it does disturb me quite a bit. I am now 28, when I was 18 years old, just after graduating high school, my best friend and myself took a three-month trip backpacking across Europe. We are both big into World War I and World War II history, so any museum, monument, or memorial, we definitely went to check it out. We decided to do a week through Poland. Starting in Krakow and ending in Gdańsk. And we decided to make a day trip from Krakow to Szwanchem where Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp is located. I'll tout it is such a solemn place with such a heavy history and deeply painful past, as we were both so interested in the Holocaust we were excited to go visit the museum and I am so lucky to have that experience. I had at this point in my life read so many books about the Holocaust and the Second World War and watched countless films and documentaries. I knew what I was in for going to this Oncentration Camp Museum, Memorial. Obviously this isn't your typical, sightseeing, tourist museum. It requires much more respect and you really need to go into the experience knowing that nothing good came of this place and that millions of people's lives were lost or destroyed here and that is would not be a fun, time. We were put into groups and given a tour guide to walk us around the various sites and buildings in the tour and to explain everything in detail. We were shown the prisoners' bunkers, the Nazi camp leaders' quarters and offices, a firing-ranged gas chamber, crematorium, gallows, and several buildings that were converted into museum areas with information. There was also a building just filled with rows and rows of mug shots, of the prisoners. We walked the grounds of the memorial surrounded by electric fences, under the Arbeit-matched fry gate and of course the infamous train tracks where they would unload and sort the prisoners of the camp. We visited the building that holds all of the confiscated, luggage and belongings for the prisoners laid out in the thousands, giving you an extreme scope of how many lives were lost there. All of these places of course are very disturbing and horrible to see and imagine the things that happened only 75 odd years ago. All of these buildings and areas of the museum have seen so much torment and death but there was one place in particular that chilled me to the bone. Block 11. The building with the cells in the basement. Of course anywhere in this museum gives you the creeps but in this particular area I experienced something I have no idea know to explain. There were four standing cells at the camp in the basement of block 11 which measured about one square yard and in which four persons were crammed, able only to stand. There was only a two-inch opening for air, so that prisoners would not suffocate and the prisoners were left in almost total darkness. Punishment in these cells was usually imposed for a period of ten days and the prisoners were starved during this time these cells themselves, you had to crawl into on your hands and knees and then stand to the entire duration of the punishment. Our group stood and listened to our guide explain these cells to us and then we continued to file back up the stairs to the main floor of block 11. I bent down to look into the third standing cell, my head was about an inch off the floor I distinctly heard a man's voice say right into my ear, I never left, in an accent I didn't know. I fell backwards and felt like I was going to faint. There was only a few people left downstairs and they were all facing away with their backs to me, a few feet away from me as well and they were all female. I got out of there as quickly as humanly possible. When I reached my friend back upstairs she said I was white as a ghost. I cannot make any sense of that voice, I've gone over it so many times. It has been 10 years and I still don't understand. If that was in fact a spirit of a preancer that died in those standing cells that said that to me it completely breaks my heart like i said i am a very skeptic person but i'm sure if spirits exist a concentration camp would probably have a lot of them if you ever get a chance to go to the auschwitz memorial just be cautious in block 11 story 7 i am scared guys i am currently scared rn for context i live with my mom and younger brother in australia my mom built the house that we currently living in by built i mean bought the land and paid the people to make the house I am in my teens and ever since I moved here things got creepy. My mom's house isn't isolated like the other ghost stories, it's next to other new houses. The suburb I live in is bad not that bad compared to the other suburbs that's close to us but it's but bad. We got robbed like three times lol anyways. Anyways get to the scary parts, I recently been seeing black figures around especially at nights. Like a tall thin black shape or a face with no fitters on the corner of her eyes. I have a really unhealthy sleeping schedule and it's the holidays so I would stay up late binge watching anime and then sleep during the rest of the day and wake up at 9pm. I woke up late at 9ish had a long ass bath brushed my hair. I went into the kitchen and got my dinner that my mom left for me, I warmed it up on the microwave and made tea. I took my tea and plate and sat at the dining table and started eating out of nowhere I got the feeling that someone was watching me, so the screen door and the kitchen are literally right next to each other I went to check if the screen door was locked but it wasn't, I just panicked and locked it and went around the house to check if the other doors were locked. After that I had to pee really bad so I went to the toliot and there was this strange sound like sprinklers were on I thought it was the toliot water, like you know when you flush the water gets refilled and it makes that sound. But it turns out it wasn't, I checked by taking the top of the toilet head but the water was already filled. We have sprinklers outside and I got scared Quase, it sounds like someone turned it on it might have been the neighbor's sprinklers The strange thing was when I flashed the toilet at stop a huge part of me wanted to believe that it was the toilet water thing playing up. I came back and got a drink of water mind you I just had warm tea and it left a bitter taste in my mouth so I wanted to wash it out. I was drinking and I heard a crack sound coming from the TV room, I went to my mom's room to call her but she was fast asleep, so I went to my room about to fall asleep to but then heard something move around the corner. I just prayed and started typing RN. Guys there's something with me and my family and I am scared RN I don't know if it's a good or bad spurt all I am asking is pray for me and my family.